0: runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I want to give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is going to be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, Welcome to Backroom Beauty Talks. My name is Misty Jane and I am a money coach for hairstylists. I help self-motivated stylists get their financial shit together, creating healthy relationships with money, opening up more options for the future, and eliminating that paycheck to paycheck life. I created Backroom Beauty Talks because I wanted to bring real, raw, and unedited conversations to you, uplifting the beauty industry one stylist at a time. Hello there friends, welcome back. So today I'm talking with Alicia Hayes of Alicia Loves Balayage. I've been following her for quite some time, finally asked her on, she was so happy to come on and it was a great conversation. We talk a little bit about um, how to know if you're investing in the proper coach, how to find education that is going to speak to you, and then we also um, take a little bit of a turn and talk about pricing as a stylist, uh, boundaries—you know, all of the things that we struggle with. So. If you do not already, please give her a follow, Alicia Loves Balayage, um, on Instagram. She has great reels, awesome content, um, and you'll just—I just I just think you'll really like her vibe in general. So enjoy this conversation as much as I did, and if you do, please share it with a friend, screenshot it, post it on the gram, all of the things. Don't forget to tag me, Backroom Beauty Talks, um, and Alicia, enjoy. Hello, Alicia Loves Balayage. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Backroom Beauty Talks. I have been wanting to have you on here for a while. Um, I've been following you, especially since you started putting out a lot of coaching content. And I really, really, really love um, the things that you talk about. I love your reels. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Before we kind of get into um, kind of the reason we're going to talk today, um, go ahead and tell the listeners who you are and what you
1: do. Hello, my name is Alicia Hayes. I am located in Washington State. I am a salon suite owner and a stylist mentor.
0: Awesome, awesome. So we kind of um, decided to have this particular episode because something recently happened in the industry where um, I guess people were kind of losing trust in coaches, right? So there's a lot of coaches out there and a lot of times you don't necessarily know like who's legit who's worth the money. Um, and we kind of, you had said something in your stories that I was like, that is exactly how I feel because I was reading the comments on this particular post and it made me sad to see people distrust, like the idea of paying somebody to help them. Right. Um, and I just kind of wanted to go a little bit into that and kind of help listeners like how, because I know I have hired a ton of coaches um, and they've all helped me in different ways that I've never regretted any of my purchases. Um, And I think we should kind of talk about how we can make that a norm, right?
1: Yeah. I also think, um... oh, I just had a thought. I know it's going to escape me. You were mentioning people having distrust in, um, coaches. I think also the kind of sad thing was fear around investing in their education, um, because of what had happened. And so I think the conversation that maybe you're referring to that you saw me having on my stories, which I have a lot of conversations on my stories, (laughs) usually with myself, but if somebody else resonates with it, I love it. Um, it's like how to find the people that match with you and how to find proper investments for your education so that you never really feel like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So talk a little bit about that, like kind of talk about, um, you know, how have you found coaches or or classes or courses or anything that has helped you along your career or life in general?
1: Yeah, So I opened my suite about six years ago and that was really the first time I was able to invest in my own education. Before that, I was in a commission salon where the education was just given to me. Um, It was a lot of branded education and stuff you were required to come to on your day off and that you maybe weren't super excited about. Mm -hmm. And so being on my own, I was like, oh my gosh, I can learn all the things and I can do whatever I want. And there was a lot of excitement, but also then you see the price and you're like, okay. So from your point of view with money, I mean, investing, investing in education is a lot. I mean, it's thousands and thousands of dollars a year for a lot of us. And I always want to make sure that what I'm investing in, I'm actually getting a return on and the return can be financial, but the return can also be personal growth. It can be, um, just a positive experience. I've met a lot of great stylists through classes, um, that helps build my community. Um, and so I think in the first couple of years, I literally just did everything. Yeah. (laughs) Everything. Sign me up, take my money, take it all. And at that point is when I was kind of like, Oh, like, I don't, I didn't like enjoy all of these equally. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you start thinking, what equals value for me. And so what should I be looking for? And, um, for me personally, I have a friend and I, I will name her cause she's fantastic. It's, uh, Lana, her Instagram is Lana B star. Oh, um, I, I just
0: went on a retreat with Lana. Yeah,
1: Lana's yes. fantastic. But I, I always joke that she should have Lana's list kind of like Angie's list or something. Cause I feel like she's taken a ton of education as well.
0: It's just a researcher. In general, like I would
1: sit next to her during like some of the workshops, and like somebody would say something, and she would be over there googling it to see like if it was true. <laughs> I was like, I, I love you. <laughs> yeah, so she's like the friend that I'm like, hey, have you taken this? And chances are she probably has, um, and I know she'll give me an honest answer. And so you start to find other people who are also into education that you can be like, hey, have you tried this? What did you think of this person? Um, and it's not even like a personal opinion, but just like they can give you an idea of what you're going to get out of a class. Um, that way, you know, if it would match what you're looking for at the time.
0: Right. A hundred percent. i very similar. So I was in a commission salon. And then when I went out into a suite, actually, I, I didn't even go out into a suite yet. I wanted to take a business of class. Okay. And I remember it was the first time that I ever was paying for a class myself. And I remember asking everyone in the commission salon, hey, like, do you want to take this class with me? It was like a two-day class. It was like three to four hours away from where I live. So it would include a hotel. It was like $1,500. And I just remember like saying something to my husband, like in him, like that is so much money, (laughs) you know? And in my mind, it was like, yeah, but I really, I don't know how to balayage. I don't know how to paint. I want to do this. So I did it. And that class changed my life and not because of hair painting, because first of all, I had never been around a group of stylists who were not there for themselves. Like we all talked together. We were all from different places. We were all from different salons. I was so used to just learning about something specific with your salon you know, and it it like opened up my eyes to, holy shit, they just taught me stuff and didn't try and sell me anything, which like blew my mind. I Cause I learned so much, you know? And, um, ever since that class, I went out on my own shortly after that because, and I never wanted to go out on my own, but that class was like, holy crap. Like, I think I need to, like, I didn't know this existed and now I want more of this, you know? And, um, After that, I just start, I throw money at classes. Like I'm like, yep, yep. Oh, nope. Love that person for a long time. And I'm the same. Like, I want to know, have you been to one? Did you get a lot out of it? Was it worth it? Um, You know, sometimes I've spent a lot of money for one sentence to change my life. Yes. You know, like it could be like a five hour class, but they said one thing that completely changes my traje- trajectory on what I do behind the chair, what I do with my life, you know, going out on my own,
1: whatever, um,
0: and worth every penny, like just from that.
1: I can tell you that same, exact same, um, first time taking independent education and realizing they weren't going to try to sell me a bleach at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an educator in class. And this was, I think I had already been out on my own for like a couple of months, but she said, I love money. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, like this is the first time somebody has told me it's okay to like our jobs for having an income and not just like, you know, passion, (laughs) which we all do, but that honesty and just like finally starting to think of our businesses as businesses. And rather than just like selling me something, it's the first time somebody really taught me something.
0: Yeah. And I think sometimes like being relatable is like, I always say there's so much value in relatability. I'll never forget kind of a similar situation. Um, I, I hate double booking. Like I just don't enjoy it. I never have. Um, and, uh, one of an educator one time said, you know, I started double booking. I tried it. I hated it. It's just not for everyone. And like the way that she worded it, I was like, I felt so validated in how I felt. Cause I, I just thought, well, you have to double book to scale and you have to do this and you have to do that. So I felt like something was wrong with me that I didn't want to do that, you know? And it was like, just that one thing that she said, I wish I remembered exactly what it was, but it was like, I never looked back on not double booking. Like I stopped immediately and like, never looked back. Cause it's like, I just needed somebody to go,
1: Hey Misty, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to do that. (laughs) you know. (laughs) It's almost like I was, I was talking to a fellow educator coach, um, just the other night, actually via Instagram DMs. Right. And she shared something about her business and it was, it was amazing. And I was like, just by you telling me that it not only tells me that that's possible, but it validates the fact that I could do that too. Right. So by sharing how, especially with independent education, I feel like there's a lot more transparency And there's a lot more, um, I feel like there's just a lot more giving of information rather than presenting of information. And, you know, I just feel like I totally lost my train. And (laughs) (laughs) Well, like an expander. Like I
0: look at people who are doing the same thing I'm doing, but they're way further along than me. Maybe they've been doing it for five years, 10 years, whatever. And instead of looking at them and going, I'm not doing enough. I look at them and go, look, what's possible. Like, I can do that. I just have to keep going. Exactly. You know, so it's like, I feel like having somebody help you expand, you know, rather than like getting that competitive um, or that not enoughness. Because at the end of the day, I feel like that's always the topic of this podcast is (laughs) is the not feeling enough. I think too, I have paid for things. Um, Actually, this last year, I made a very large investment um, to High Powered. And it was so interesting because the very first call, I would say 75% of the people on the call felt like they weren't good enough to be there. And it was like so interesting because, and I was one of those people, I was like looking around this person owns two salons and has an education company in this part, like, you know, and, it, and it was like, oh, like, I was scared to spend the money and I have friends who are scared to go to hair classes because they don't feel, they feel like they're not good enough to even learn that yet. And I think that's another big factor that, that realizing like one, if, if you're not this, like, don't be the smartest person in the room. You know what I mean? Like go sit in rooms where people are doing more than you, like go sit around those expanders or go sit, you know, go learn from these people. Um, and realizing that like everyone starts somewhere, you know, and like, that's okay. So I think that's a big part of it too. Did you ever feel like that? Like, did you ever go to a class thinking, oh shit, like, I'm not even gonna know what they're talking about.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I feel like everybody, especially with social media has an idea of who an educator might be um, before they go to a class. And I always, I've always been pleasantly surprised with the kindness and the openness and the givingness of, of pretty much everybody I've invested in. Um, I can't actually recall a class in which I went and felt not welcomed or not encouraged by the educator.
0: Oh, same. But did you ever feel that way before you went to the class?
1: Uh, Like intimidated to go? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. That's what I mean. I feel like people are more hesitant to spend the money on the ticket because of that.
1: Well, and especially if you go by yourself or if you travel to a bigger city and if that person traveled in and you have this idea of like, you know, they're going to be so amazing. And like, you know, I'm just going to be this, you know, small town stylist showing up without friends, (laughs) right? (laughs) Going with friends. I will say going with friends is always um, something that I would encourage, especially with independent stuff. Um, I've gone to classes with my friend, Lana, actually, and we both will get different things out of it, and it's nice mm-hmm. to talk about it afterwards.
0: Right, I love that. So it's funny you say that because I actually encourage the opposite a lot of times because We're I've right met now. so many people going to classes by myself. Where if I would have went with somebody, I probably would have stuck with my friend a little bit more. Because that, as a matter of fact, that particular business of all class, like I ended up going out to, um, I think I went out to eat with somebody that i never met. You know what I mean? Like, and I was more prone to like, hi, my name's Misty. Like, where are you from? Like, yeah, I was terrified. Um, and I feel like I, but that kind of goes into the networking aspect,
1: not necessarily the education part, you know? And I would say like 90% of the classes I've gone to, I have gone to by myself. Um, but it's, it's nice to kind of have that, um, a different perspective, but you can also get that through meeting somebody. Right. So like, Like to your credit, going to lunch or dinner afterwards with somebody and being like, "What did you think about this?" and like, "What did you get out of this?" I think almost like um, like that downloading of the information afterwards. Because how many times have you gone to a class and at the end of it you're like, "What just happened?" Like, what I don't even remember what I learned. <laughs> like, wow. I, yeah. I think I learned something. Um, I was thinking um, about education the other day with our conversation coming up and. How like, I mean, taking classes is great, but how do we actually then take what we learn and turn it around and apply it and actually get value out of it? Um, And I think a lot of that is kind of that after class time saying, okay, like what did I actually just learn? How can I apply this to my business? Um, What do I do with this now? There are a lot of people who are like education junkies where like you just go and take and you go and you take. and I definitely did that for a good while. Um, my challenge now for myself is to make sure I'm actually applying everything that I'm learning right. rather Than uh, just spending a ton of money. <laughs>
0: I think that we get into this like consumption cycle because I know that I find myself doing it where I almost feel like, um, okay, I don't know enough. I don't know enough. I need to know more. I need to know more. But really, I do know enough. You know what I mean? Like I started going to like so many balayage classes that it was like, okay, now I'm not learning anything anymore. Like I already know this, but I'm not confident yet. So in my mind, it was, it was, I need to take more classes to become more confident when in reality, I really needed to just keep doing it on my clients. And you know what I mean? To actually build the confidence. So it's like, we consume all of this content to try and build that confidence, but really like applying it is where you're going to grow, you know?
1: Well, and also like to a little bit of your topic of money, it's like, if you have a budget for your education and if you are choosing to invest in certain classes, it's like, you can actually, you could probably get double your return by taking what you learned and like maybe setting aside some time to work on a mannequin and like recreate what you learned. Um, Even if it was like a hands-on class, I find like doing it over and over again or like kind of re-explaining it to yourself out loud I'm a, I'm a learn by teaching person. Um, so I almost like try to recreate it for myself with a mannequin.
0: Yes. Let me ask you this. Are you, do you prefer demo classes or
1: hands-on classes? Um, I think it depends on my personal mood, like Mm -hmm. in life. (laughs) Right. Um, if I've been working a lot and I'm like kind of physically tired, I don't mind going and watching. Yeah. I feel like I get a decent amount out of that. I've actually, you know, just over the last couple of years, um, with everything going on, I've taken to a lot more online stuff Mm -hmm. and I didn't think I was going to really connect with online learning. Um, which, I mean, there's pros and cons to everything, but I, I do really love some of the online subscriptions that have come out over this last like couple of years. Um, like kudos to anybody who has, like a Vimeo account or you know the paid Instagram accounts, like creating that much content and constantly giving out you very useful information to all of us. Um, it stresses me out thinking about exhausting.
0: it. exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I think tired. I was like, oh, that was a great idea, and then I'm like, oh no, <laughs> like I have to be like on too much for that. You
1: must be very tired. So I thank you guys for giving that information. <laughs> right. But, um,
0: Well, there's so much information out there that isn't that expensive. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I think people get caught up in like, well, education or learning this or that, or, you know, is going to be so pricey. And it's like, it depends what level you're at. Cause you can learn a lot for free on Instagram, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you can learn a little bit more for a a minimal fee. You can get custom talk to somebody one-on-one for a lot of money. Like, it depends on like what you need or what you want, you know?
1: Yeah. I always tell people if they're looking for either a coach or an educator to make sure that you don't just vibe with like the information they're giving. Um, because you know, if you're like, okay, I need a, I need a balayage class or I need a highlighting class. Um, there's 12,000 of them. Right. But I look for people who like, I understand how they're explaining things vibing with how somebody breaks something down, I think is so much more valuable to me than them putting out beautiful work. I mean, there's a lot of people that put out beautiful work. Um, But yeah, like how somebody is able to simply explain it or how their stuff is filmed, if it's online, um, all of that stuff kind of is more important to me than just the fact that they have like a beautiful result. Do you um, factor in personality as well? Yes, absolutely. You have to, I feel, yeah, you do have to, because I mean, you're choosing who you're investing in. Um, but also I feel like you pick up people's energy. Um, can I say somebody that like, I love, Oh, you can say anything good about anyone. I, for those
0: listening, I have only one rule on this podcast and it's, you're not allowed to talk shit about other people in the industry.
1: (laughs) So, but you are allowed to praise anybody good shit (laughs) yeah you yeah all the good stuff you can list people (laughs) well I've I mean I have absolutely loved Essential Hair Academy um Tim and Tasha okay they're just wonderful and I loved that so during the shutdown I think a lot of people were like let's do something together guys and they started doing I think it was Instagram live and it was like every Tuesday or something during their son's nap time Right. And, you know, we're all people. And so just the fact that they were willing to give during that time and it was great, wonderful content. He cuts, she colors, um, and great energy beautifully. I mean, for Instagram, it was beautifully filmed. Right. (laughs) And, um, now post shutdown, they actually have like an actual account, but it's, I think it's like 30 bucks a month. Right. And I mean, speaking of how somebody explains things, how she, both of them actually, like how they actually just like break down step-by-step what they're doing. You can tell they've been educators for a very long time. Right. And I just really connect with it and I find a ton of value in it. So it's like, you don't have to spend $800 to get a ton of value. Um, You actually, I feel like with online stuff, you just have to have a little bit more self-discipline to set aside time to actually do it.
0: Right. You're paying with your time. Yes. And I think that that, that's the thing. I mean, you can pay somebody a lot of money for them to do all the research for you and then teach you in a short period of time, or you can pay less money or, you know, and then find it yourself. Because essentially, I mean, if you think about it, like all education is really just a compilation of things that people have learned on their own. Exactly. You know, so I it's like a
1: post that says, uh, we're, uh, like a product of our, our education or something like that, or an accumulation of our education from others.
0: Right. No new messages, only new messengers. That's what a friend of mine has said. And I was like, I really like that. Cause it's very true. I mean, we've learned, you know, I mean, I didn't like invent what I coach, you know, I mean, now I've pieced together a lot of things that I've learned or done or, learn from my clients even, you know, that's, that's a big one too.
1: Well, and you've learned how to present it in a way that is going to connect with the people who connect with you.
0: And you know why that is? Because wow. that's how I wish somebody would presented it to me when I was going through my thing. Love it. I, I didn't, I didn't see a young person, you know, who made it irregular income talking about getting your money together. I saw Dave Ramsey and, you old men and you know what I mean? No offense neighbor, no, Dave. <laughs> but like, but I didn't, you know, and even that it's like, you know, I read his book and I took a lot away from it, but there was a lot of it that didn't resonate. And it's like, where are the young people?
1: I mean, yeah. also where are the hairstylists yes. in that conversation?
0: Yes. It's crazy to me that nobody's talking about it as much like I I'm seeing it more and I'm so glad somebody asked me one time like do you care that other people are talking about getting it I was like hell no I want everyone to talk about it <laughs> like I do I really it's a problem I'm not going to resonate with everyone I hope that other person does I don't think stylists should be you know stressed over money we can make so much money <laughs> like you know but I think that's another thing too is like um when it comes to coaches like you got to find the true, like, like hearted people. You know what I mean? Like the ones that really do care. Um, yeah. I met Sam via at hair love and I will tell you what I liked him before he is everything that you want him to be times. 10. I almost get emotional thinking about this person because he taught me like, just like, okay. So if you go into a class, right. And you're nervous. Mm -hmm. Why are you nervous? You're nervous Mm -hmm. because you're worried about how people are going to perceive you, your egos in the way you're worried about, you know, what if I mess up? You're worried about you, but if you don't worry about you and you worry about the people that you're there to serve, like the fear goes away. And I never thought about it like that. Mm -hmm. And like, now if I'm like on a coaching call or doing a webinar or something like even this, like, I'm like, I don't care what people think. I want them to get something out of what I'm saying. And like, the fear goes away. And it's like, he like, you need people like that. Right. You know, you need people that don't just want your money and they want you to actually leave their class and want you to succeed.
1: You know, It's like meeting your heroes and they actually turn out to be everything you wanted them to be.
0: (laughs) Yes. He really is. If you, have you ever met him? I've
1: never met him in person. If
0: you ever get a chance to meet him, I mean, he, d- let me, okay. And I probably talked about this on the podcast before. so if you're listening and you've heard this before, sorry, I got to say it anyway.
1: Um, when
0: he first got there, he got there a little late. We were all at like dinner, like the dinner tables or like community, you know, a mm-hmm. bunch of tables. He walked around to every single table and introduced himself. First of all, we know who the fuck you are. <laughs> <laughs> needed. Yeah. He introduced himself and he asked every single table, what do you need from me? Why I'm here? Oh. I mean, like, so from the moment he walked in, it was just like, I'm going to love this person, you know? And I think that's important to find, what do they say? A heart of a teacher. What if there's like a, some quote for that, but I mean, you have to find people who, who have a heart of a teacher, you what know people what I mean?
1: Like that. Take my money, take it all. Oh,
0: I would, I will, I think he should have, and maybe he does. And I just haven't looked into it. He needs to have a education, how to teach educators, how to educate. Ooh. Cause I would give him my arm. <laughs> like, I mean, he really made a huge impression. I think on everyone, like it was, he really is an amazing human being.
1: Well, and especially with how many different educators and coaches, and I mean, the independent education boom has happened for a while now, but Um, I mean, I just took my first course on learning how to be a better educator Mm -hmm. and that part of our industry is, I mean, there isn't a whole lot of information around it. And I mean, pro and con that literally anyone can pop up tomorrow and say that they're an educator. Um, it's the same thing with like, I think I put this in my stories too, after the thing that we were talking about where like, I can deem myself queen of anything tomorrow. I can put yep. it on a business card. I can put it on a t-shirt and make a website about it. And there's literally no one in our industry that can say, no, you're not. Yep. Like hopefully people wouldn't buy into something that's so crazy, but like it's, I mean that, I think that's the part that also gives people a little bit of uh, caution when investing. Cause you're like, I know that there's no, like, we don't have a bar exam. Right. We have a separate license, you know, oh, yeah. we don't have required education on how to be a coach or how to positively impact people versus like potentially confuse people or make them feel insecure. Exactly. Uh, one of the main things I got from the course that I took was like the huge responsibility you have as a coach and as somebody who somebody is, uh, opening up with and being vulnerable to, like you really have a ton of responsibility not to mess that person up.
0: <laughs> right. Not-, not to make them feel more overwhelmed than they already, you know, are when they hire you or stressed or yeah, for sure. Like for not sure.
1: to give like misguided information or, you know, like it's it's a ton of responsibility. And I hope that everybody who does step out as an educator or coach, like I hope they have that that weight feeling, right? Like, cause I feel like that makes you feel, I, I feel like that makes you want to do better. And that understanding of that responsibility makes you more cautious with what you're doing.
0: Absolutely. And, and to whoever's listening, who has thought about coaching or starting coaching or into coaching or whatever, um, I think it's super important to have like a support system, you know, like, cause, cause it is, it's not the same as doing hair. It's it's a very different world, Um, and you have to you have to have your people that kind of rally you a little bit, you know. And and to the person who's listening to this who just wants to hire a coach, get testimonials from people. Like if somebody if somebody cannot give you, hey, I've worked with this person, this person, this person. If you'd like to talk to them and see how their experience was, there's. Either one of two things, they're brand new and they don't have people yet, but they can be honest about that, you know, um, or like there might not be people. (laughs) So I think asking for testimonials is good. Um, and just hearing people's experience.
1: Something interesting that I was thinking about too, is I I was recently researching for myself on a technique, um, a technique course. And I asked a couple of people who were currently in it and a couple of people who had done it and I've gotten nothing but rave reviews mm-hmm. from everyone. And I was thinking like, what, how would I feel if I got very scattered reviews on something? If like one person hates it, the next person loved it. Another person's indifferent. I feel like looking for consistency in people's experiences also might mean that there's consistency in the education experience.
0: Yes. That's true. Or I think too, what are you looking for? It's a
1: great question too.
0: You know what I mean? Like, are, are you looking like, what exactly? Cause I know, um, you know, there's, there's again, different st- uh, teaching styles, kind of like you were saying, like kind of, you got to like the person. Cause like, I don't mind aggression, you know? <laughs> so I don't mind aggressive like coaches or, um, you know, aggressive educators, but I know people who like, cannot deal with that you know, and it's like, well, they're, they're not going to invest in somebody who's yelling at you to use this formula or whatever, where I might, because, you know, maybe I need somebody to whip me into shape, you know? So I think that it, that it kind of, you know, okay, well, why didn't you like that course? Well, I didn't like the way that they talked or I didn't like the way that they did this or that, you know what I mean? So I think looking into it like that as well, um, but it's true.
1: If You get rave reviews. I mean, just go take the damn class. Yeah. <laughs> like- if It's from more than one or two people. And, um, you know, also thinking about that. Oh, what were you just saying? You're just saying. Liking aggression. <laughs> <laughs> Liking aggression. Um, yeah. I'll have to come back to that because something just popped into my mind, but, you know, all of our stylist brains. I
0: know, I hate that the truth. Well, what would you say to um the person who knows they want to invest in something? They they know that they Oh, go ahead, you remembered.
1: A lot we'll, of it. we'll come <laughs> back to this. We'll circle back. Yeah, we'll circle back. Sorry. Um but like matching yourself and matching what your goals are with the correct course. We were talking about um you know, if you're a beginner, not getting yourself into an advanced course and then because that sometimes can also be the reason why somebody doesn't like a course right oh it was just way too basic and or like I didn't understand anything they were talking about right Um, and so also like if you're if you're sourcing reviews making sure that people were accurately assigned to the the correct level of education right yeah I would never jump into a master's course for something I had never taken a beginner's course for and vice versa. If I take a beginner's course for something I've taken 12,000 courses in, um, I would find it redundant and maybe not love it. Right. Right.
0: Right. Exactly. No, that's so true. Um, Oh, okay. Now I remember it's like, I was like, (laughs) wait, no, what was I going to say? Oh, um, what would you say to the person who knows that they want to find help in something? you know, maybe it's a hands-on course, maybe it's coaching, you know, maybe it's business money, whatever it is. What would you say to the person who is just scared to spend the money?
1: Oh, I would say you definitely have to invest in yourself to get the return. Um, I would be honest with the budget that you're willing to spend. Mm -hmm. You don't want to blow your savings and put yourself in an uncomfortable position in order to feel like you're keeping up with everyone else. Um, like, there's some big name artists out there that are putting on in person classes that are like, Eight hundred a ticket, thousand a ticket. Which there's one that I have on my calendar with question marks because I
0: want to go so bad, <laughs> but I'm like, I only work one day a week. Like, is wow. it worth
1: it? So, like, <laughs> I wouldn't put yourself in a in a vulnerable position financially in order to keep up with people. I would ask yourself what's a reasonable budget, but also, um, what are you looking to get out of it, right? And so, if you're if you want to go, just to say that you've gone you know, that's one thing. Um, but if you really need help in something, the only way you're going to grow and get help in that is by investing in the people that can help you.
0: Yeah. And I even think, um, I agree, you know, not, don't go into debt over it, but, um, I think picking a class or something that you really want to do. That's the money's a little bit uncomfortable, like just a little bit, you know what I mean? Just like, Ooh, that number, Ooh, it hurts a little bit. I think it sometimes makes it that much more, like, um, like you invest in it that much more. Oh,
1: for sure. If that makes sense. I I think if you're not used to investing in education, any number is going to be a little oof. Yeah. Just don't drain your savings account, right? Don't put yourself
0: in jeopardy of like losing your business or your house over it. it. But, um, but I do think that that's the first step of kind of getting out of that comfort zone.
1: I will tell you, I paid, I think it was like 800 for a Zoom class. Mm -hmm. a color educator that I've wanted to take from for a very, very long time. And I, after I took it, I told everyone I knew thousand percent worth it. Give this person your money. I've never learned more from a zoom class. Like when you leave feeling that who was this, who was this, it was Daniel M. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. And again, with personality and how somebody presents something, um, the way he explains things clicked with my brain. Right. And so it clicked so much that Mm -hmm. I even got that from a zoom class. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, don't quote me on the price, but it was definitely, it was definitely more than I've paid for in-person classes. And I was like, really for a zoom class, but they sold out. I mean, he sells out everything. He's just great. And it's for a reason.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's so
0: true. I mean, even if you go to the big hair shows, right? Like you're not paying that much money to see a lot of people quickly. But I feel like even in those like quick little times that like they're on stage, you can tell if you're going to like, like their teaching style, you know? Um, oh, what is his name on, 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 I always say his name wrong on Co-Train. Yeah. I, I that's the one that I really, he's coming close and I'm like, I, I, and I have the biggest haircut crush on that man. <laughs> like I, the, watching him do hair is just like, I just is amazing to me. And I'm like, I work one day a week. I don't even take haircut onlys anymore. I'm like, I see, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. But, but we can like inspiration. Probably yeah. would. I'm probably going to go. I'm probably going to go to one of the days. It's like a, I think a three-day option, um, but you can pick one. I think I'm going to do one. Cause I'm just like, oh, I just want to learn how he texturizes. Oh, just yeah. like just want to see it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I just want to see it up in the front row, <laughs> but I've heard nothing but good things. I've heard that's the most amazing hair cutting class ever, you know? Um, and again, that makes me more prone, you know, to want to take it. And honestly, I will say I've spent so much money on education retreats, all of coaching, all of the things I have never one time looked back and went, damn, I wish I wouldn't have spent that. I mean, maybe on small classes, but never on like, like the names that like you see, you know, all, all the time.
1: And I feel like, I feel like even before you invest in somebody, you've probably been following them for a while. You've probably seen, I feel like showing up. This is why I try to show up on stories a little bit more is people can see how I speak. People can Mm -hmm. see how I, uh, you know, like my mannerisms. I feel like even just that you kind of get an idea for maybe who somebody is, right. Or at least their energy, um, and whether or not you would connect with them. And so I mean, before you, you already kind of have an idea of his energy. You already kind of have an idea of his vibe. And obviously you're connecting with it, right? Right,
0: right. Yeah. And and that's important, that is more important than the pretty feed.
1: Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah. Just, you know, you've got to know the per like, I mean, I learned that in, in education foundations, you know, you got to build trust you know, and not even like an intent, like it, it can just be an organic, an organic trust. You know, if somebody DMs me, like if you're listening to this and you want to DM me and you have a question, like, please do let's talk. Like, you know what I mean? Um, not because I want to sell you something because I just enjoy talking to people like, obviously. <laughs> like-
1: and after the thing that we were talking about earlier, um, that happened in our industry, uh, quite a few people were DMing, I think a lot of us being like, Hey, I want to invest in education. Um, you know, have you taken from this person? Have you taken from this person? And those conversations were so great. I actually had quite a few really great organic connection conversations with other people in the industry. We all kind of felt the same around the situation. And I was like, this is what this is for right? Like I felt like in one conversation, I was mentoring somebody in another conversation, somebody was mentoring me and multiple conversations. People were like, have you taken from this person? And I got to be like, oh my gosh, I love that class so much. And like sharing those experiences and those reviews, like I feel great encouraging people to take from other people. Um, and so knowing that like, okay, I'm going to tell this person how great this, this education course was, and then they get to go take it and then they get to grow. I mean, that's kind of what all of these conversations are for.
0: Yeah. I mean, okay. at the end of the day, referrals still go a long way, no matter if we're talking about behind the chair or talking about coaching or classes, yeah. you know? I mean, I think every single one of my one-on-one clients have been through referrals. Even my first one ever, it was referrals of people who knew me, yeah. you know? And it's like, it, it's just a cool, like- you know, we, we focus so much on social media and it is important. Do not get me wrong. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still about connection. You know, it's still about like, like some type of human personal connection, whether you've met the person or not. Um, and referrals do go a super, super long way.
1: Well, and now that I think about it too, I think anybody I've had for one-on-one coaching, I either knew them in person Mm -hmm. or doing that, Or there's somebody that has followed me for a while and we've already had conversations in the DMS about things. It was just the natural next step of like, okay, like I need your help or I want to talk something out with you or I want to work something through with you. And now they're just willing to actually pay for my time. Right. Right.
0: Well, because Uh, you built the trust over time in one way or another.
1: Yeah. And, or they've already gotten value out of our interactions and they know that they're going to have value, especially if we sit down and have a plan. So let's talk a little bit about your mentoring. So what do you specialize in? I honestly, I specialize in people who are in a salon suite situation or they're wanting to move into a salon suite situation. Mm -hmm. Um, I never coach beyond where I've made it Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) because how can I do that? Um, I've been in my suite for six years and I think about the information I wish I would have had when I started and, um, Back then, especially in my area, they weren't super common. And so I had literally a piece of paper that my friend jotted down, get a business license. (laughs) (laughs) Right, (laughs) okay, I'll get a business license, you know? So like the amount of confusion and also the amount of time I wasted by trying to figure all this stuff out by myself. um, I can't get that time back. And my biggest goal is to help people save time by figuring out how to best do things for themselves um, sooner rather than later. So pretty much optimizing working solo and figuring out how to simplify things. I made things so complicated. (laughs)
0: Oh, and you're going to save people tears. I will never forget. It was same here. There was only one suite. uh, there was two, but there, but yeah, there was like two suites in my area and we I'm in a big area. Right. And my best friend had been in one for a while and I was like, all right, I'm ready. And she's like, you have to go, you know, get the business license and you have to go to the health department and then you have to go, you know, all these things. Well, there wasn't an order to it that she yeah. told me. So I would go to one place. They said, well, you have to go here first. Oh, yeah. well, you can't get this. And then you get this. In my mind, you got to set up all of the like stuff with the city first. And then you get to do the pretty stuff. Apparently in Virginia beach, that's not how it works. So I go into the health department. I'm like, I was told I have to get an inspection before. And they're like, you need to make a diagram, (laughs) a a, a literal like diagram of where everything is going to be in your suite. So I had to like blueprint out my suite. I started Bawling in front of this lady, and she just stood there and stared at me. Like obviously, people do this all the time. <laughs> I mean, I was just—I've never heard of
1: this. this oh, I still have it.
0: I, I still have it. As a matter of fact, I will send you the picture. The picture <laughs> popped up on my phone recently. I'll send you the picture of it. You're like I didn't take drawing in high school. I don't know. No, so I'm like not even buying stuff to like fill in my suite yet because mm-hmm. I thought I had to have this stuff first, but apparently no. So anyway, yes it's difficult, <laughs> but so I was in there for like three months. And then I, that's when I hired my first coach. Yeah. Because yeah. I
1: was a hot mess. I think, I don't even remember who my first person to help me was, but I think I was probably a mess for a long time. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I feel like six years ago, there wasn't a lot of like coaching education, especially on sweets.
1: Well, and I mean, I don't, I'm probably very much dating myself, but I think I got Instagram in 2015, 2014, 2015. Yeah. Um, and I was still in my commission salon at that time. And, um, I had no idea how to use it like for business or I started realizing that's where I found education early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I had found Britt Siva early on. Yeah. And I'm like, well, this is cool. You know, that's- Yeah. That was like Brit and pretty little ombre. I was like, Oh, I can learn things. (laughs) I don't know. It was, it was a lot of growing pains. So yeah, my, uh, my one-on-one help. I, I just want people to be able to do things easier. And a lot of times I give you homework and things to do before we meet again. Um, and I think it's also knowing like I don't, I don't have the answers for everyone and how I did things actually won't be the way everybody should do things because obviously I wouldn't be able to coach somebody in Virginia beach, uh, the same way that I opened (laughs) my suite. Right. Right. I'm gonna have to call you if I ever get somebody from there. Oh my Uh, God. I don't even know if I fully remember the order that it was. Get out your colored pencils, girlfriend. (laughs) I mean, the, the
0: fact that you even that we, so estheticians here do not have to go through the health department, but we do. We have to get inspections. I'm like they literally scrape faces. I don't know. I don't understand. No, it's crazy. Um, what do you feel like is the the
1: people that you mentor and coach? What what is the biggest like
0: issue or pain point?
1: Um, accurate pricing and policies and boundaries. Yes, they're always the two that I get the most questions about. Um, I don't know how to even turn this into a service, but I'm very good. At writing out policies. Um, oh. if anybody needs proofreading or suggestions on templates,
0: my- make templates. Do you I know can- how much you do have templates? I could, I could make you, them. I'm telling you right now, we'll have to check. People about want them. templates. Perfect. Sarah Marie, I used to text her and be like, How do I word this?
1: And she would just, I'm like, you need to make templates too. Everyone needs to Love make it. templates. <laughs> if you want to break up with a client, I'll write it for you. You want to break up with your boyfriend? I'll write it for right? you. <laughs> I love, I love it. That. <laughs> I love that. Writing out policies, especially over the last two years. Love it. Yeah. Writing them. That's awesome. That's a service in itself. There we go. There's yeah. my idea. Thank you. So do
0: you help your, um, your students? Do you call them students?
1: I don't even know what I would call them. Yeah. I, struggle
0: have struggled with that too. I'm like my members, my clients, I don't know. Um, do you help them with that with templates and stuff?
1: I haven't created those yet. No, we've, we've mostly talked about like, what do you want your policies and boundaries to be? And like kind of them figuring out what feels right for them in their business. Right. Um, but I haven't made templates for that before. I've made, um, worksheets and templates for pricing mm-hmm. uh, that I give to people when they're trying to work out their pricing, um, as well as like journaling prompts, especially if their pricing is more of an emotional issue, um, that I think is really helpful, but now I'm gonna have to take that idea and run with it. You should, we can talk. Um, <laughs> I feel like, um,
0: emotional is the big is big. It's huge. I mean, it, and again, I feel like we kind of touched on this early, but kind of that not enoughness, right? Like I, I'm not good enough to charge as much. I'm not, you know, It, it's, and it sucks. Yeah.
1: It's like, I don't know any other business that, and I could be wrong, but that that's like a thing. It's such a unique industry and, In the fact that we do have such close personal relationships with our clients, Um, and I want to say that I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing right I think that it, it can be both. Um, Because in one sense you get to be part of people's lives and go through serious big life stuff together, Um, and you really do create friendships with clients sometimes. I know I have so many clients that when they leave, I'm like, ah, she's so fun. She's so cool. You know, right. <laughs> And it like makes my day better. But at the same point, it's like, I mean, it's, it's really hard to be firm and have strong boundaries and, you know, raise prices and stuff like that with people that you genuinely care about. And I think it's because we genuinely care about their opinions of us. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. It's it's sticky. I always try to tell myself like the grocery store is not going to apologize for avocados costing more. Right. Right. But at the same point, I don't share my, you know, life happenings with the checker at the grocery store. Right.
0: Well, I think that there's this misconception that that you can't You can't be friends with your clients if you're going to have boundaries and charge appropriately and you have to be business only. And and I will tell you, like, I'm pretty good with boundaries and I love my clients and they're my friends and you know what I mean? And but they just know and they like it, you know, like I've always been very open about this is how I'm going to do things. This is how I'm going to charge. Hey, prices are going to go, you know, whatever. Not saying that I still don't get nervous about raising my prices because I feel like I don't think that ever fully goes away. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I think that you can be both. You know, you can, you can, sticking with your boundaries doesn't have to be mean.
1: Well, and, you know, especially with like my policies and boundaries over the last couple of years with, uh, you know, coming in sick or anything like that, I've, I've made it super clear with clients. I think once you start getting them to think about each other, Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, you can't really do that with pricing, but like with some other policies, maybe cancellation policies even. So it's like, if, if Susie holds the spot for three months and Tara wants that spot, but Susie cancels two days before, but Tara's already booked out four months to five months. Like you kind of start getting them to think about each other and think about community and, um, think about their actions in like a broader sense, rather than making it personal. Right. I think sometimes with client, client, uh, stylist relationships, it's like, she canceled on me and like people taking it personal versus I think if you take yourself out of the mix and you just make it a community and like uh, moving parts, like a machine by itself and get people to understand their part in that. I feel like that almost takes away the personalness and makes it more community responsibility. I don't know if that makes sense, but it does.
0: I love that. I've, I've actually never heard anyone explain it like that. And I really like that.
1: I, I kind of took myself out of the mix with like, sick cancels or sick policy stuff um i do like they do know like a i don't want to get sick but like they think about what happens if i'm out versus what happens if one of them is out Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: kind of how that affects other people um and they don't want to be one of those other people Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i just kind of explaining things in a less personal way and more of a broad community sense i think is helpful
0: well, and you're turning it into your business as a whole, rather than you are the business.
1: Yes. And, and I think it's I hate, hard for some people.
0: It is. Yeah. It to, well, it, it, especially in a suite. Yes. I feel okay. like it's harder when it's like a one-on-one thing, especially.
1: I say we a lot. And somebody pointed that out where they're like, who's we? And I'm like, me and my business. <laughs> me and my scheduling system and my QuickBooks. <laughs> like, when you're saying things, I mean, this kind of goes into maybe some script that I could help with people, um, saying don't cancel on me or, uh, I, or something like that. It almost comes off a little bit more aggressive than like policy wise. If you're saying like, Hey, we have a policy of this. We ask this of you rather than I have a policy of this. I ask this of you, you know, like it changes the tone a little bit. Um, I don't know. It's like fun little tricks like that.
0: Yeah. That's really smart. I've actually never, that that's really, really smart. Thanks. Cause it does, it takes away the, the, like it's your business as a whole. It's not just about you. I mean, are you the, the main person? Yes. But you know, there's a, there's so many other factors to a business that clients don't know, nor do they need to. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, you know, I always see well. Well, this is what your service is, but then this is what it goes towards. Honestly, they don't really care. I don't think. I mean, I personally like my lash girl. Like, I don't. I I know she has other expenses, but like, I'm going to pay your prices regardless. Like, I don't. I, I, I'm the worst though because I will have straight up
1: full on conversations like, "You need to raise your prices." <laughs> I was talking to waxing girl that forever. I was like, "Ask me how much I just paid," and she's like, "How much did you just pay?" I go, "I don't know. I gave you my card. Take my money." Yeah.
0: (laughs) I am the worst. And my last girl too, she'll be like, she'll be like, you were right. You know, I did the thing that you told me not to do and you were totally right. And I was like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs)
1: Like, see, raise your prices. (laughs) That's right. Well, I've never had a client, like after i raised my prices, I've never had a client be like, so how much of this do you get? You know what I mean? Nobody, nobody cares. I will know every now and then like, Hey, A one-bedroom apartment is now, you know, 1800 Yeah. in our area. Uh, Homes have gone up by this. And I'm like, if you want me to live here to do your hair, I at least need to make a living wage. Right. I mean, that's the bare bones of it. Um, And everything is going up. So,
0: yeah. And
1: you're right, though. Nobody's ever
0: asked me how much I get to keep or how much. none, None of that. People ask me how much my classes and retreats and stuff are, and they are shocked. Like they, or scissors, when you tell your clients like how much oh, yes. your scissors cost, oh my God, they're like, what? And I'm like, I use them on like five, six people a day. Like they need to be, you know, but it's just funny. Um, I was talking to somebody recently, she's a PT, she's a friend of mine, and she was talking about- um, her new job, they're paying for her education. And that's, you know, a good amount of money. And I was like, oh, how much are like courses and stuff? And she was like, they're a lot. And I was like, how much? And she was like, they're like, they can be like $300. And I was like, oh,
1: oh, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) I guess in, in, uh, in reflection on that, like we don't really have a set price, like nobody, nobody came down from like, you know, the hair gods weren't like, and this is what haircutting classes start at. Everybody right. right. Um, I was just talking to somebody the other day about how cool it would be if we had an industry minimum mm. for pricing. Almost uh, like a uh, minimum wage kind of thing. Almost like yeah. you have to start you have here. To here. At least. I mean, yeah. because we were talking about how there's some stylists who you know, they, they pay all the bills and they, they have to make a certain amount. And there's some stylists who, um, maybe do it for fun. Right. And no, no shade to anyone. Right. We can all do whatever we want, but I think if you are solo, like maybe you're a single mom that has a house and tons of bills and you, you really do have to price accurately in order to live, Mm -hmm. um, I think maybe you are more detailed with your pricing in that case and more conscious of doing consistent increases versus like, if you do some friends and family for fun and like, you know, maybe just here and there and aren't as detailed. I'm, I'm sure somebody's going to be offended by the, these scenarios. <laughs> Please don't be. I'm so sorry. But like, I would, it hurts the people who need to keep pricing up, right? The people who don't keep up. So I feel like as an industry as a whole, it's like, it's never going to hurt you to be at at least a minimum level. Um, I don't know if any of that makes sense. It does.
0: Do you think that people who, um, will like kind of do it as a hobby though, like really don't want to make money though?
1: Or do you think, it's
0: well, like in my mind, like, is it just kind of an excuse because they don't want to like hold boundaries and like, you know what I mean? Like, and again, I'm just like my own projection. Um, but like, I feel like oh, I'm just doing it as a hobby. But are you though? Like, are you just not want to add the business part to it in your mind? You know,
1: (laughs) we were talking about how like the, there's, there's such a range though. And it's like, there are so many stylists that are staying on top of it and like inflation went up. So now we're going up and we're reevaluating our numbers. Um, and it's like it's really hard to be the stylist charging like 150 for a base retouch when we still have people charging 45 for a base retouch in the same city, yeah. in the same area. And I know that you know you should never base your prices off of your neighbors and whatnot. Um, but it's it that amount of difference is really weird as an industry. Like it would be nice if we had you know haircuts all start. This is the minimum,
0: right? But what would that be though? Because if you look at like um you know like chain haircutting places what is it still like 20 bucks? Isn't it 25? I don't even know. Right. Well, they make hourly, I think there. Mm. you know, I think cause they're, they're quick. They want, you know, they're more like in and out. I'm going to do 20 heads a day. So it's like, what would this, would that be the minimum? And then, then it's kind of just back where we started. So I think it just kind of
1: depends, you know, that would be a hard, yeah, be we, a have, hard... we have like no, um, we have like no baseline. for things Right. Just-
0: right. Well, I mean, I have always like on my bucket list, I want like a $500 haircut. Oh, hell yeah. I just want to see. Like- I was
1: actually, I was talking to a girl about that when we were all talking about the thing and like when we were all in the DMS and I was talking to her about pricing. Cause I personally need to do a revision. And, uh, she told me, she was like, go get a $500 haircut. Mm. And I'm like, okay. And I think she went to like Sal Sal or something. Uh, oh yeah. Um, and she was like, you'll never, you'll never want to charge less ever again. She's yeah. like a thousand percent worth it. Like you see the value once you've experienced it. Yeah. Um, I think it really like gives me chills. Like I'll-
0: I, in yeah. t- actually 2020, I was, I really wanted to go um, to the, what is it? The 901 Academy in California. Yeah. Um, and my idea was I was going to go there and then I was in, I wanted a haircut. I wanted Dom Dom to cut my hair. <gasps> like he's yeah, like, Dom I will, I will have him cut my hair one day. So I'm like looking up and I'm like looking at his prices and stuff. I'm like, okay. It's like, that's not, it's under 500. At least it was, I don't know. He's out on his own now. Maybe it's higher. um And uh I just. I, I just want one. Like, I want to know, is it going to last longer? Like, I just have so many, what is the experience? Like, is it, you know, I just have so many questions, <laughs> like, you know, but it's definitely, it will happen. Like Nick Rojo, I took one of his classes and he charges, was it like $800 in New York or something, but he does like two haircuts a day and he works like three days a week or something, you know? And it's like,
1: cool. Well, and I mean, who's to say what a haircut is worth. Exactly. Exactly. I was talking to a client about pricing at one point and, you know, it's like perspective on what's expensive is just because of what we're used to. And so if you say you were used to only eating fast food, 99 cent meals, and somebody showed up with organic grocery, you know, like actual food if your perspective is only 99 cent meals forever, you will think food is expensive. Yes. Right. But like, it, it's all perspective on quote like, what is expensive? Yeah. And what are you getting? And, um, where does that perspective come from? Like, you know, it's almost like if you say like a $20,000 car is expensive, mm-hmm. Like right. But maybe in your, in your childhood or maybe in your Time, you've only had used cars that were under a certain amount. And so now to you, that is expensive. But say to someone else, they grew up with, you know, I don't even know how expensive cars can get, but you they know, can get up there. they can they get pretty get expensive. <laughs> they used to like a 30000 or a $50,000 car. That's all you've ever had. That's all your parents ever had. That's your, your whole perspective on what a car costs. Right. If you see something less, you're going to go, damn, that's cheap. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. All pricing is kind of. Well, and it's a perception
0: on money in general. You know, there's the, gosh, working with my one-on-ones, it's so fascinating to see because it all boils down to what you grew up with Mm -hmm. for the most part. And there's people who grew up with money that like resent it and think money is evil because of that. And then there's people who grew up with nothing who feel the same for different reasons or, you know what I mean? And it's, it's like, so it's so fascinating Um, And it's kind of the same thing, like, like the thought of me charging $200 for a haircut is like, wow, that's so expensive, you know, like, but I want a $400 haircut, (laughs) you know? So it's like, it's like, why, why do we feel that? It's very interesting when you really dig into it. I always use the hotel example, you know, Mm -hmm. that you've got the cheap hotel, you've got the mid hotel, and then you've got the expensive hotel. And I always ask like, well, what hotel would you pick? I always pick the middle, you know, like I never pick the cheapest automatically. I think it's gross, bed bugs, disgusting, bad neighborhood, like never, <laughs> you know, I'll pick the expensive sometimes, you know, depending on where I'm going, what I'm doing, you know, but it's usually always go to the middle, you know, cause it's like, I know it's going to be basic average and that's all I want.
1: You know what I mean? Like, well, and that's also like what you where you place your value with your money like to you hotels probably then aren't the you know splurge experience right they're like i'm just going to sleep there yeah yeah you don't place value there um when clients ask like about a product and they're like well is it expensive we kind of bring stuff like that up where it's like well it depends on where you place value like i don't buy expensive really anything that i wear right i'm like i'm just going to get bleach on it but a flight, a hotel food. Oh, I will, I will drop some money on some food, but I also there's cheap food. That's just as good as expensive food. Very true. I the experience though. And like, it was a chef that was on top chef. So you got to go, right. Right. Like the patio is so beautiful and there's a view. Of course I want to go there. Right. Like, um, it, everybody has their different things that they place value on. And, um, I mean, if we want to circle this back into even education, it's like, everybody has different things that they place value on. If you really value the experience of an in-person class, you'll splurge for that. If you really value, I call them education uh, vacations. So if you value that experience of getting on a plane and going somewhere and, you know, it's a write-off. 100% me. (laughs) The only way I've traveled really for the last six years. Right. (laughs) Um, I mean that too, if you value the experience, especially as a hairstylist of pampering yourself from another hairstylist, maybe even somebody you look up to and, you know, paying $500 for a haircut, you're going to find value in that. Um, so maybe with anything we're looking for, it's asking yourself where you play, where you place value, um, in my salon, a lot of my furniture is Ikea, but I make it look cute. And That's fine for me because I'd rather spend money on really quality product and quality retail for my clients. Um, I also I will splurge and I will always get a larger suite with a window. Uh. for some people, their weekly rent is where they they really want to pinch, right? Because they're just gonna be there, right? They're just doing hair, they're doing their job there. But for me, I'm like, well, I'm here more than I'm at home sometimes. Like I need to be able to look out and like watch the sunset. Um Yeah. It's just like,
0: yeah, it's so true. I mean, it's all perspective. It's yeah. What people value it's, you know, even with money coaching, that's like my, like, I can't tell you what you value. You know, I, I will never tell you to not get Starbucks. If that Starbucks brings you so much joy every day, you know, like, like, but you got to stop spending money on things that you don't value. (laughs) That's another podcast.
1: <laughs> when we were shut down and I was one of the lucky ones that was able to get unemployment in my area, yeah. there is a really nice, it's not like super fancy, but it's definitely like bougie farm to table. Mm-hmm. And I went weekly. Nice. <laughs> so like I'm on unemployment. I am going to get this bougie salad and cookies and like some sort of shaken tea that's $7 With fruit in it. And I'm going to take a drive down the freeway because life is hard and this makes me happy right now. Right. And it wasn't going to put me into debt by any means. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's important to do those things.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, when you talk about like niching down, right. Like I always say like, well, what, what, what kind of client do you want? You know, like, I think people always think like a service, but like, what, what kind, like, I like a client that wants to pay more to spend more time with me. I'm a slow foiler. Like you're going to be in my chair for a while, you know, and I don't want the person that wants cheap in and out, like, you know, so I think that that comes into play too, when it comes to building out your, you know, your clients or finding the right people for you, you know, same. Yeah. Um, I love this conversation. I think we're over an hour, so I'll probably (laughs) cut it off here. (laughs) Um, Tell everyone
1: listening where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram at Alicia loves Balayage. It's A-L-I-C-I-A. My website is swept salon.com. I love all the things. And I'm definitely a person that if you DM me, I will DM you back. I love chatting about education. If you have any questions about things I've taken, you want opinions, I will definitely do that for you.
0: Well, and now you're going to have people sliding into your DMs about some like uh, wording.
1: Oh, I love it! Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll try. Well, we'll chat after this, and I'll try yeah. to come up with some uh, good templates and whatnot because it is such a passion of mine. Um, like it is needed.
0: I'm telling you. I'm telling I you. An
1: HR department. I am an HR department of one person. I will also break up with your boyfriend for you. Um, it, it's very fun. I love uh, it. Yeah, it, it's a good time. So definitely if you need help with that, I am more than happy to help.
0: Awesome. And I will link um, all of your info in the show notes as well. And thank you so much. Thank you. Once again, thank you so much for listening to Backroom Beauty Talks. If you like what you hear, screenshot this episode, post it on the gram, tag me at Misty Jane or tag the podcast at Backroom Beauty Talks and I will talk with you on the next one.